1: All right, we're here again. Yay! <laughs> welcome. Welcome to let's talk movies with Moira and Shannon. I am Moira and I'm with uh Taka, the autism community in action. And I'm also a person that loves talking about movies and Shannon and I discovered that about each other. So we were like, "Yay! let's do this. Let's talk movies.
0: <laughs> and, and I'm actually Traven on the screen. I don't know how oh. I managed that. <laughs> I'm going to fix that at when I get a second here but because uh, that's our fabulous Traven who's our per- producer but actually I'm Shannon and I'm so excited to be this is like my big reinforcer for the month. Road, that i get to talk movies with you and uh i'm i'm excited about the things that we're going to talk about today but first we have a little housekeeping to do i want to let everybody know that we are pre-recording this the night before that is is what we do is we pre-record this on wednesday night so we're coming to you we're premiering with you right now on thursday morning and i'm watching with you live so that if you guys have questions or anything you can absolutely write right in and ask the questions we still love your interaction and if there's something where that we would want to answer that I can't answer live like if you have a question for Moira please still write in your question and we'll answer it on the next version of let's talk movies how's that for for a deal I uh, also want to say that I last minute decided to do this from home so if there are any technical difficulties it's all my fault and you may hear my dog bark because she likes to be a part of the show so there, there there's just there's that much about it right but we're what we are premiering live right now On Facebook, there, see, she heard me on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and about a dozen other sites. At some point, oh, look, Traven did it for me because he's that nice. He changed my name. Um, and at some point, uh, Traven, when he's not fixing my mistakes, will be able to show you some of the different ways that you can be tuning in to watch this show and all of the other shows on the Autism Network, like Autism Live, Ask Dr. Doreen, Let's Talk Autism, or our new show that's going to be coming out soon. Let's Let's talk all the things so we have let's talk autism let's talk movies and let's talk all the things um, and I'll tell you who's going to be co-hosting with that with me in a minute because it, you'll see that there is some cohesiveness with what we're going to be talking about. And uh, we also have and are so proud of our newest podcast, which is Stories from the Spectrum, which is all content created by individuals who consider themselves part of the neurodiverse community. Super love that. I hope you guys are tuning in to watch that. And you can be watching any of our programs on the places that Traven is showing to you now. So. Ms. Moira, uh, we there, every month you and I pick one thing to both agree that we're going to review and that we're both going to watch so we can kind of Siskel and Ebert it. Yeah. Um, I don't know which one I am, Siskel or Ebert. I suspect I'm Ebert.
1: Uh, uh, I, you know, I, I don't know. We had this before, and I'm not sure which of us is which. But before <laughs> we get started, I want. Oh my something. gosh! Thank yeah, you. Yeah, tell a few things about what's going on at Taka. Um, as uh, I mentioned before, we have something we call the monthly learning series, and this month the focus is on diet and nutrition. And what we end up having is two recorded seminars that are available. All you need to do is fill out a little RSVP form. You'll get. A password and then you can watch that as many times as you want until the end of this month um and then we also have live uh, uh virtual live events that we're focusing on this um on this topic and um there we've been starting to roll out in-person meetings again which is very exciting and so check our website and if there isn't something near you there's a lot of virtual options as well so you know and the website itself is just so full of information we have all these great checklists that you can download and you know, so it's really a lot of helpful stuff. Um, and our topic for September is going to be adulthood. So, you know, that's a good one. Everybody needs to know what's coming. (laughs) Um, and then let me think, Oh, our conference, our big conference in October is happening. Um, we have also, a. a, a way to purchase the recorded sessions. So if you've registered for the conference already, you will have access to the recorded sessions as part of your registration. And those re- sessions will go up um, in the platform uh, called TACA Connect. And that'll go up uh, November 27, 21st, sorry, through January 21st, 2023. So you will have a certain amount of time to view the, just the recorded sessions. So. That's available as a separate ticket. So if you don't live near the conference or you can't travel, that might be a good way to go. Um, And scholarships are available for Californians. We are vendored with Regional Center. um, And the price currently is $130 per person, which is for three days of uh, four tracks and amazing stuff going on. And the price will be going up again in September. So keep, keep an eye out. But when you register, you will get a coupon code to share with a buddy or a co-caregiver for 25% off. So we are, you know, trying really hard to make sure it's as accessible to everyone as possible. Yeah.
0: And it's the most amazing thing to go to, you guys. Truly, Uh, you're going to learn so much. You know what it does is it recharges your batteries. So that you Mm -hmm. can, I I think there's so many wonderful conferences and I don't want to, you know, it's like Sophie's choice. You don't want to speak ill of, you know, anybody because you love everybody. Right. But I will tell you that if you are a parent and you're at any kind of a crossroad where you're like, I don't know what to do next. I, I feel like I might be missing out on something that I don't know about or I just need support. I, I like I'm in a discotheque here where the light keeps going out. I'm just going to let it be out. I'm going to let it be out. And that's going to oh, be it's very,
1: very film noir. I love yeah, it. Yeah. That's, that's what
0: it's going to have to be because I can't, uh, I'd already crashed my computer once you guys weren't here mm-hmm. for that. We're, we're just, and if this one goes out, I'll just sit and do it in the dark because that's how much I love you all. In any case, the, the topic conference, if you are, if you are just curious about maybe there are things that I don't know, or you feel like you live on a planet alone and that nobody else gets it, those are all reasons to make sure that you are physically there, because I guarantee you, you can't walk out of that conference feeling any of those things. You will you will know what you want to do next. You will know if there's something that you've been missing out on, and you will never leave a conference, a taka conference, feeling like you're alone. You'll go, oh my gosh, I found my tribe um, Boy, you know that, yeah. and that's just the truth. So mm-hmm. ask anybody who's been to one; they'll tell you the same thing. So we'll give you guys more information on that as it gets closer. But and Traven was putting up the website. But for those who are listening in podcast, you can find all the information from TACA at T A C A now T A C A N O W dot org and all the information you need on all the things that you want to know regardless of if it's taco related or not are on that website. It's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. I have website envy. Your website is so good. <laughs> it's
1: uh, very no, neat. Yeah
0: okay so now is that all of
1: it or do you know
0: that's it that's all
1: I had to to share so let's talk
0: movies (laughs) let's talk movies okay so we're going to start with our joint review tell us Mm -hmm. tell everybody at home what we decided we would be our joint review
1: we decided to do lock and key um it was the final season um, question mark, uh, of Lock and Key. And uh, one of the wonderful stars pictured there with this beautiful smiling face is Kobe Bird. And I'm a big fan of Kobe Bird's. I understand you you know the family as well. They're lovely people. Kobe actually spoke as a keynote speaker at one of our conferences, and he was fantastic. He's, oh, yes. you know, amazing. So So that was our sort of why we wanted to watch it. You were already watching it and I had not seen it. So I binged seasons one and two to get caught up. And then I binged when the seasons dropped on the 10th of August. I'm like, all right, this is what I'm doing. Get out of my way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And yeah, I, I had already been watching seasons one and two and I tend to watch if I can, things that happen on, especially on Netflix, I I tend to have a watchful eye to see what's coming out. And I try to watch as many things as I possibly can. So this probably would have been on my radar anyway, but because Kobe was in the first season, there was no way I was going to miss season one. I totally couldn't wait for season two. Um, And we'll, you know, we'll talk a little bit about that, but then season three came out and I've had this like scheduled Uh, my family has had this schedule that, you know, when were we going to be able, when was it going to drop? When were we going to watch it? How could we clear our schedule so we could watch it as quickly as possible? Cause we wanted to see every single minute of it. So for us, it was Mm -hmm. an event that we, we couldn't wait. And, um, anyway, so you talk first because you binged the whole thing. So you had it fresh in your mind when you came to season three, what's, what's the Moira verdict on this?
1: Um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was exciting and fun and um uh there it it was grittier than I thought it was gonna be because I kind of felt like it was was skewed for a younger audience initially, but it was it was, you know, and it reminded me it's funny because I'm like, gosh, this reminds me of Stephen King, and then it turns out his son is one <laughs> is one a of reason the graders, so I'm like, Well, it's in the DNA. Um, so I enjoyed that. I I I well, I loved everything, everything that every scene that Kobe was in. I was just like, there he is, you know. He was so great in it, and such a such a lovely rapport between him and uh, the youngest, the actor in the yes, show as clear. well. You yeah. kind of felt like they were they were actually friends. I mean, it felt really nice. Um, there are either that or they're just stellar actors. <laughs> but I got to tell you, I have to admit, it wasn't until season three when the young girl sang that i realized oh my god that's the girl from coda and i was like what she looked so different to me and um yeah so very good cast very enjoyable um i did get a little sometimes when you binge something uh you can see some of the oh you know little flaws like i felt like there was uh, I, I got upset that they were being irresponsible with some of the keys because i was like i was like put have it give it to some one person or you know and and the sort of the premise of the show is they can't you know a a demon can't take the key from a lock but i'm like well then don't give it to anybody but a lock nobody should be carrying around the keys so i got like a mildly frustrated by that but um but it kept going and it was it was uh like that house is unbelievably beautiful. I'm sure it's, it's a set, but it's amazing, you know? So it was fun. It was a fun ride. Well, I, yeah, I loved
0: it. I loved all three seasons. There were seasons I liked more than other seasons. I'll be Mm -hmm. honest about that. But season three for me was by far the best season. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, you know is it possible that it was my favorite season because it did, it featured kobe the most i guess i mean maybe that's it but i also think it was like every all the groundwork that they laid came to a head in season 3 and and so things that i um i'm
1: not... i lost you i can't hear you oh wow. did you oh there you are here, okay. here I
0: am. Okay. Um, I, I was just saying I'm not as good with mythology shows. Cause a lot of times I'm like, well, wait a second. I don't, I, I like I, for a while I, I was complaining and saying, I need a chart that tells me what the different keys do that. I like my mind is, is not as fresh as some young people. I'm trying to text my son to ask him to take my dog and s- stick her in place other
1: than <laughs> here. Right. She's um, got an opinion. She's got an opinion. It's all good. <laughs> uh, she does. I have
0: no idea. I think something is being delivered. And of course, right now. Mm-hmm. And so that is why. Um, and of course, uh, I turned off my Wi Fi on my phone so the text wouldn't go to my son. Uh, got 17 ships mm-hmm. going here. But. Um, what I want to say is that for me, it all coalesced in season three. I also, um, you know, I went into watching Coda already being a fan of Amelia Jones because I'd watched her for two seasons on lock and key and mm. was amazed because it is a whole other side of her in COVID, uh, uh, in, uh, hello, Coda, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the dog. Yes. Uh, in any case, um, I, I think she's an actress to watch because mm-hmm. she clearly has uh, even for someone so young, the ability to change herself and be someone that you really, I, I think you could watch both things very closely and not realize that it's her until she sings. Mm-hmm. and then you go, wait a second. I seem to remember this, um, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. The cast is really superb and so interesting and has so much depth. Um, But my favorite part, not going to mince words, is Kobe. Mm. And it's Kobe on so many different levels. I just, Mm -hmm. I think that uh, I'm very fussy about actors. We're going to talk more about that as we progress. Um, Acting is my background and I used to teach acting. So I'm very fussy about seeing people's tricks and when they're, you know, when they're phoning it in and all these other things. And, And I love watching a thinking, listening actor when I, when, when every breath they're taking is listening and leaning forward and oh my gosh, that is Kobe in every sense of all those words. I just thought that he was brilliant. It's a huge milestone for our autism community because he Mm -hmm. was hired to play a role and, um, and they were familiar with his work. He's been a working actor before. He'll continue to be a working actor. But because of the work that he did, his role grew as a result of what he did. Even, I don't know if everybody saw the post. I don't know if you follow him on Facebook. But there's a scene in season four where he rides a bicycle. And I was going to bring that
1: up. Yes. Right? There, uh-huh. were,
0: there were many of us who um, all of a sudden when they went to Canada and they were gone for almost a year and a half filming in Canada during COVID. And we would hear back in, and mom would tell us, oh, you know, Kobe, uh, today we went here and Kobe rode a bicycle. And I remember when he was, and I was like, wow. Cause for, I mean, my son, it's still a thing. He can ride a bicycle, but it took a lot of years and it's still not the most proficient thing in the world. It can be a really hard thing. And and I was like, oh my gosh, that's so amazing that he's learning how to ride a bicycle. And and I think a lot of our our community and our friends thought, oh, well, now it makes sense. He was learning how to ride the bike to be in, to be able to ride the bike in the show. And it's the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the exact opposite. If you watch, follow him on Instagram, because he you should follow him. And, but he um he learned how to ride the bike because you know you have downtime. And while they were filming season two, they had to stay there in COVID and he had downtime. He learned how to ride the bike and the, the showrunners saw him riding the bike and wrote that into season three with him on the bike. I, when, when we have any industry looking at our individuals on the spectrum in that way, I think we have to give it a shout out. Mm-hmm. And, and we certainly, I mean, Kobe delivered, He's an amazing actor, but I also want to thank him for doing such a great job on set because I think it reflected well on everyone who comes after him. Mm-hmm. Um, he has truly been a trailblazer in showing producers and directors and you know, studios how successful you can bring actually autistic actors into the production and Mm -hmm. and deliver and man he delivers i just the other thing about lock and key i think um that's super fun is it's funny Mm -hmm. we laughed oh my Mm -hmm. gosh we (laughs) laughed so much but it is it is scarier than um than i think you would be led to believe when you're looking at the promos i think you're Mm -hmm. absolutely right about that it's not for little kids um but I thought it was super fun. I thought it was like Scooby-Doo, um, but done with technically well, that it was, oh, those dark and like kids. a little bit of
1: Buffy the Vampire Slayer, a little bit, you know, all these kind of. A little things, bit of Harry Potter. A little bit of Harry Potter, a little bit of all of that, but it yeah. was, it was so unique as well. The vision of yeah. it and, oh yeah. And I loved, I also loved about project protecting your memories and sort of, choosing to forget and of about things that are painful. And, you know, that kind of stuff was really interesting because it is, you know, about the human condition about, yeah. you know, we love each other and we, 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 yeah. we are in pain when we lose each other and, you know, yeah. and maybe you'd want to avoid that pain, but ultimately it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't make you a, a, a well-rounded person. If you kind of cut off that part of yourself and I loved how they, kind of explored yeah. that a little bit. I loved, yeah, visually it, it was a lot of fun too. Oh, oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> and I loved the level of inclusion that they brought for this character. Rufus, we never get to hear what Rufus's, um deal is. We don't know if he's on the spectrum. We Nobody ever says. But from the very first episode, you, you know, Rufus is this big kid, but mm-hmm. he's carrying a G.I. Joe with him and he likes to talk about things that happen with his gi joe and you're keyed into the fact that rufus it has other things going on but i love how they included that and that they didn't make him somebody who cognitively was behind everybody else. That often mm-hmm. Rufus was the one who got things before other people.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and
0: Rufus was the one who had the best idea. And I loved that. I just, I yeah. want to go, even though it's COVID, I want to go and kiss somebody on the lips. I don't know who mm-hmm. it is, but I'll have to ask his mother. And the reason why I said before, you guys will see when we start doing Let's Talk All the Things, my co-host for that is Kobe's mother, Rachel Bird, who Ah! is just delightful and has the best recipes and the best crafts and the best knowledge of all kinds of things. You guys are going to love her. So you'll get to know Kobe's mom in the weeks to come. She's awesome. So Bad. anyway, I loved it. I'm glad that you really enjoyed it too, Moira. We can continue Super being friends. Super fun. Super fun. Okay. So now, now my friends, it is time for what we refer to on Let's Talk Mov- Movies. I can't even talk today. Uh, it's Moira and movies and uh, Coda and COVID and dogs barking. I can't keep it straight. So, uh, but it's time for a, for this segment that we
1: call What Are You or?
0: So we're gonna go through this uh bit by bit and first we're gonna hear from moira about the things mm-hmm. that you watch that i you know i'm calling this the no
1: category what are you calling this the no yeah the no or the nope no thank you <laughs> category <laughs> there we go. so yeah and i i did um yeah i picked this one called Thoroughbreds, which is from uh, 2017. And it's got Anya Taylor-Joy in it. And I really love her. And I'm like, oh, well, this could be good. And it also has Olivia Cook, who is also very good. Um, And I think it might be among one of the last things that Anton Yelchin did prior to passing away. Um, And you can see from the poster, it's Heather's meets American Psycho. It's wickedly funny, blah, blah, blah. I did not find it to be very engaging at all. And I actually, after about a half hour was like, I'm done. And I I stopped watching it. And I had wanted to like this because this is exactly my kind of, you know, humor, but I realized what was what I did not have an anchor. And what I mean by that is both these gals are are psychopaths in some way or, you know, and you really need a a (laughs) non-psychopath to be you know, to connect to, you need to, uh, and, and you don't have that. So you feel very, like actually reminded me of a, I watched a documentary where they interviewed this guy who had been a mafia hitman. And it was just so annoying. I had to stop watching it because he was so full of himself because he's, because he's a narcissistic psychopath. So I'm like, yeah, I don't really like you. And, um, and so that I feel like was missing. I know they've been able to do that successfully i mean dexter was a whole you know bunch of great you connected with him somehow but i don't they weren't able to achieve it so i was kind of like eh, i don't think so and then the, the other one um we we live with a a uh, a film student <laughs> my daughter is going to film school and she loves guillermo del toro as do i and she um she actually went and saw q a Q&A with him and just fell even more in love with him and thought he was fabulous. Well, Crimson Peak um visually amazing, fabulous cast. Oh my god, but it's it's not not great, you know. And I I felt bad cuz I wanted to like it cuz I like everybody that was involved in it. Um it has some really good jump scares and there's moments where you're like, "Oh no," you know, kind of thing, but ultimately it was kind of a haunted house story and um but it was this weird kind of on the top of this snow covered um, hill where they had the this red clay was underneath the snow. So visually there was, I mean, you can see the bottom of her nightgown is in the, in the poster is soaked with red. So there's, and apparently Guillermo del Toro has very special meaning for red. And I'm like, well, he used it beautifully. I mean, visually it's a, I mean, film students will be studying this, but ultimately kind of, meh, you know, left me, as a nope. So those were my two nopes. <laughs> there we go.
0: And I got to be honest with you when I saw these and I, and I, I was like, Oh, uh, I don't know this Guillermo del Toro. Um, and I, and Heather's meets American psycho. Oh, that looks great. Oh, right. Let's remember Moira said they weren't worth it. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I was like, Why don't I know about these things? Oh, <laughs> no, because Moira said it's not worth it. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. I'm pushing the button. There we go. All right. So for me, for no, Oh, I've been waiting for days to talk about, especially the big no for me is the rehearsal. Oh, Oh. someone get me an ice pack for my head and a therapist to talk to about this because it's so wrong. I don't even know, like I need a therapist to talk about it. So this is, and I want to get this right. His name is Nathan Fiedler. I did not know of him before, but apparently he used to have a show um, called Nathan For You. And I started watching this and I I thought the premise of this was great because it's about this guy who says, you know how sometimes you're afraid to do something because you don't know what's going to happen, but what if you rehearsed it beforehand? And he hires actors to rehearse it for you so that you can go into the, the circumstance and having been through it. Now, I, you know, as a former actor and acting teacher, I believe in this premise, The rehearsing is great, but this guy is out of his mind psycho. (laughs) I am not kidding you. And, and there's a little part of it that I feel like he's making fun of someone. I'm not a hundred percent sure, sure who us, Mm -hmm. him, people on the spectrum. Um, But he's out of his mind y'all because he takes it to the next level And he exploits people in the worst, most horrible way. Actors, babies people who are at their fragile most. uh, Yes, Traven said he's definitely bonkers. And I think that secretly this guy thinks it's hilarious and I just want to know that someone's suing him. The only part of this that I liked, and I didn't just watch one episode, you guys, because if I'm going to hate on something and really hate on it and say that somebody is you know, really not okay and should be sued, then I want to know what I'm talking about. So I think I watched three and a half episodes and my blood pressure just kept going up. The only part of it that i actually liked was there were because what he does is he rehearses with the person and says we're going to rehearse this for you builds a set they go and rehearse it and then the person finds out that they've broken into his home and they also recreated his house it's just like horrible and at one point and then he goes and rehearses what he's gonna say to the person with an actor playing the person it's just So crazy. At one point, the actor that he was rehearsing something with in character said to him, you know what, you're a horrible person. You're sick. You're wrong. It's the only part of watching it that I enjoyed. Was somebody telling him off? So that's it's on HBO, and John okay. Oliver. John Oliver recently said on his show, you know, with some of the things that HBO is doing, it's an amazing network that does amazing things. But they are funding some projects in some ways and doing some things that John Oliver said it makes me wonder whether they're trying to tank the network and get the insurance money. And I want to point to the rehearsal as example number as one. proof. Uh, because it is, is, is horrible. It's not just bad. It's abusive. It's just terrible. Mm. And I know that's going to make people want to watch it. Don't save yourself. <laughs> um, I watched Loot uh, and you had already said, Meh. and I, and my husband and I were like, well, we got to give it the college try. And, and I just, I found it insipid. I thought it was really bad acting all the way up and down. I love Maya Rudolph. And I just, I was like, I don't believe a single thing coming out of her mouth. I love MJ Rodriguez who is in it with her. And I love that MJ got this casting because now that she is done with um, Pose I, you know, and won an Emmy for it. And is the first trans individual to win an Emmy. Like I really wanted to see her go into something else. I got to say, she's really, in my opinion, she's really horrible in this and that someone really messed this up horribly and spent a lot of loot on a giant giant steaming pile of poo. I have not watched it at all and maybe it redeems itself in episode four. I got to say, I'm not putting in the time. And then there's Purple Hearts, which, you know, I love a good romance. I, 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 I just, there's so much good romance out there. And and Hallmark does romance, and and more and more things like Netflix are doing great romance. In fact, I watched um, the uh, the what is it? The weddings. The um, oh,
1: uncou- uncoupled. The one is that what is no, called? That
0: one's coming. But there, I didn't put even put it on the list. There was the it's it's a it's two Indian actors who their parents are trying to get them together. I think it's called um, Indian weddings. Um, it's also on Netflix. If you want to watch a romance on Netflix, watch that one. It's sweet. It's endearing. The storyline is great. I believe it. They, they, it shares the same thing as Purple Hearts, that it's two people who can't be together for a certain reason, but are thrown together anyway. And through proximity, they fall in love. Well, in the other one, that name, I can't remember. It's beautiful, cute, fresh, funny, delightful characters. And Purple Hearts First of all, the basic premise is that she needs health care and she can't afford it. And so she marries this guy who's shipping off to Iraq because or Afghanistan, excuse me, um, because she needs the health care. And I'm Mm. like, she lives in California. There's this thing called the Affordable Care Act. She's (laughs) diabetic. Like like the whole thing, had like I couldn't get past it. And they Mm. were kind of insipid. And it, like, I didn't believe that there was chemistry. I'm saying hot put to, to the whole thing. <laughs> okay. Don't pop, But ask me how I really feel. Yeah, I know. <laughs> all right, my nose.
1: Okay. okay. So here's here's my meh, my meh list. And I, I actually, I did watch all of these. So they weren't like, nope, they're just meh. But um, Rowan Atkinson, I love him for physical comedy. So we watched this show he did called Man Versus Bee. And we actually, I feel like the the episodes are really short and we were able to buzz right through it. And uh, I picked it specifically because my son on the spectrum loves slapstick. And so whenever there's something that's particularly slapsticky, then that's we're gonna watch that as a family. And so we watched that and it was it was fun. And there's just certain like, oh no, kind of because he's basically house sitting and he's being kind of tormented by this bee, and it's this beautiful house, and mayhem ensues, you know, where he's trying to get the bee out of the house and destroying a lot of things in the in the meantime. That's it. That's all it's about but it delivered it was fun you know we we enjoyed it and then we did see lightyear the new um pixar and i you know i enjoyed it i liked it um i don't know if we needed it but it was it was fun you know and the whole premise is that it's the movie that the toy you know from toy story is it, it this is the movie that they made so the fact that it's not tim allen doing the voice doesn't matter cuz it's you know, it's supposed to be representing that. And it, it was fun. Again, that was chosen because it would be something we could all watch as a family. And it was fine. And then I watched uh Pistols, which is about the Sex Pistols. And um I was really mad at it after one episode, but I was actually mad about um the fact that Chrissy Hines is a character, I mean, she's it's real, so she she was friends with the, the people that, in the Sex Pistols. Um they kept passing her over to be in their band and they kept picking other people. And it made me just so enraged. Cause I'm like, that's Chrissy Hines, you know? And it was basically like, girls aren't in bands was kind of the, the attitude. But, you know, honestly that was kind of the point, you know, cause obviously she had the last laugh cause she went yeah. on to do the pretenders. So it was interesting. I thought that the, the folks in it were good. The guy that played John Lydon um had a vulnerability to him that I don't know that I've ever seen in John Lydon, you know <laughs> cuz John Lyden is uh an intense person and is very combative and and uh and I thought that he did that well but he had this vulnerability to him and um and strangely though his performance uh doing the music was a little like step down whereas Lyden was very you know like commanding and taking over and You know, so it was it was interesting in that regard. Um, And I, I, you know, I enjoyed it. But it also pissed me off. But I think I was pissed off at the patriarchy. So, (laughs) you know, uh, could be. Uh, Mm -hmm. I
0: I love hearing about all of those. So for me, and again, the meh category means that, you know, uh, I don't hate it. I don't hate Mm -hmm. it. I'm watching it. I'm scratching my head sometimes. Um, But I gotta say that on this continuum... Sometimes mm-hmm. it's a little hard for me. And I would tell, I want to be honest that the uncoupled is right on the borderline of the meh wow category for me, because there was a mm. lot that I loved in, in, in uncoupled. <laughs> and one of the biggest things that I loved was Tisha Campbell. I thought mm. that she was amazing and she's a member of our tribe. And um, and I, do, I haven't seen a lot of the things that, you know, I've run into Tisha at different fundraisers and was not as familiar with some of the things that she had done. And I think she's delightful in this. Of course, Neil Patrick Harris, I pretty much would watch him read the phone book. There Mm -hmm. were times when that is what you do is watch him read the phone book. Um, And I, you know, this is from Darren Starr, the same creator of Sex and the City and it's got that vibe to it and mm-hmm. and that's fine and that's wonderful, but it's really, it really takes root in the gay community and what it's like to be gay and over 40 mm. and and in this environment. And there's a lot of people recently who have poked some fun at this. Um, that it is a different world than it was at the height of the AIDS crisis. And that there are still, you know, there are people who are having to go back into the dating pool who it still feels like it was the height of the AIDS crisis and, and it isn't anymore. So there's a whole lot of poking fun of that. It's very campy. I don't mind the camp uh, at all. You know, I, I love that kind of thing. I just love it when it isn't all the sugar. I like mm. to see the underneath too. And I feel like the cast of characters that they had, they could have shown us more of that mm. um, instead of the just one liners back and forth. I, I, that's my big criticism of it. I don't think it went, it's a lot of fun. It's a romp, um, but it didn't, there was more they could have done with it. And, mm-hmm. um, and Neil Patrick Harris is good enough. They could have done that now. Uh, Mr. Malcolm's List, uh, again, like I watched it. It's not like I got up and went, I just can't watch this. No, you know, it's delightful in its way. But it's, we've talked about this, the period pieces, you got to get it right. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't, I, I love when we cast things and we cast it in a very inclusive way, even though it wouldn't have been in that period. I don't have a problem with that at all. I actually sort of love that, but there are other Mm -hmm. other things that, and you've shared this before too, that there are other things when you jumped the shark for me and I, and I can't get back. I can't get back. Mm -hmm. And there's one really pivotal point in the film where if we're we're led to believe one thing and then something else happens. And I go, see now I'm, I'm at a pivotal point in this movie and I'm not convinced that these two people want to be together. And mm. you just can't do that in a romance movie. You can't, mm-hmm. there, there are mm-hmm. rules about it. And I call foul and then there's a league of their own. And I'm going to lose some friends over this. Right. Um <laughs> and i'm trying i'm i've gone back and i'm watching more of it and i'm trying really hard to like it because i loved the the movie that it is loosely based on and when they say loosely they are talking loosely um mm-hmm. like loosely and but but you know the the premise the premise is the same that we're talking about a you know a period in time when women were on a team competing and getting paid because the men were off at war and they include like crazy things like it's still the rockford peaches
1: mm-hmm.
0: okay um but the characters aren't the same and the people who created it uh one of the they're the writers and one of them is also the star they don't have the two sisters in it, in it anymore the two sisters are gone um, mm-hmm. and so, and for me, a lot of what the original League of Their Own w- was about was about what it was like to be a woman in a time when you, you know, you needed to have your role really defined and nothing else would do. And that there were two sisters trying to figure it out, juxtaposed against each other and how that worked out for them, P- set in this backdrop of all these other women getting a chance to do whatever. So if you're going to throw the main thing out, then I go, why are we doing it? Why are we Mm. remaking this? Because Penny Marshall can tell a story like nobody else. And they will tell you and they're defending themselves now saying, you know, their tagline is because um, uh, representation matters because Mm -hmm. they're telling a part of the story that we didn't see in the first one, which is about how many of the women were gay. And Mm -hmm. and that that was an opportunity for them to be with other women. And and there's a whole other storyline, which is the part of it that I'm enjoying, which is what is it like to be the black woman who there's the one little scene in A League of Their Own where she throws the ball and everybody Mm -hmm. goes, oh, my goodness. And then it's see you later. You're done with the movie because that's what it was in reality. But this Mm -hmm. movie says, no, we're going to dial down on what it's like in her existence and how does she fight to be included and to play the game. But it, it isn't fun. They, they cut mm. out any bit of fun from it and it, and they cut out the baseball. There's very mm. little baseball in it. And, and I'm like, why did you go tell this story? Why did you decide to have it be inspired by this? If you weren't going to include that, that to me is a big mess misstep. So I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm watching it, but, and, and I will tell you, I want to tell you that Shantae Adams is playing Maxine and she's featured on the poster. She is the black woman who is fighting to be able to have a chance to play. And I'm enjoying her performance. She is keeping me invested in the series. Um, But Will Graham and Abby Jacobson. Abby is the other person featured on the poster and she and Will Graham are the writers of it. And the writing is so bad. It Mm. is so bad. Like stick a fork in a bag. You have people saying in 1942 saying, I hear you and and saying things like read the room. And you just go, Mm -mm. who wrote this? And then you look up Mm. and go, Oh, it's the two of them. It's bad. It's bad mm. writing. Anyway, mm. that's that's my mm. feeling on that. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. So meh, but the one performance worth it maybe for watching.
1: All right, and here's my wow page. This is a fun the fun page. Um, wh- I actually went and uh, saw Thor: Love and Thunder in the movie theater. We waited till it had been out for a little while because it's the first time I've been back to the movies and that whatever two and a half years whatever it is and uh we were in a very like not crowded theater and uh and that was it was great and i enjoyed it it was exactly what you want a marvel movie to be that's what it it, that's what it was it made no pretenses about anything else but this is a a fun romp you know and um uh i i just well i love I love a Helmsworth. They're all so strapping and handsome. And uh, and I love that they have a little bit of a uh, kind of um, at the beginning, you're kind of like you're in new Asgard. Cause they, you know, if you're a Marvel fan, you know that they had to move. And, and now it's kind of like a touristy spot. And so they have this kind of uh, view of, of what if, what if Asgard were on earth and people were coming to see, you know, what it was about. And that was, very funny. There's just a lot of a lot of fun and um and, j- and action enough action to keep you interested. And oh, and Christian Bale was almost unrecognizable as the villain and he was a good villain cuz he had a good, you know, good reason for being a villain. I was like that. And uh it, and yeah, so it was it was an enjoyable romp. So I have to say, yeah, that's a thumbs up for me. Um and as we live with a film student, whenever she comes home for a visit, we're always like, what movie should you be seeing as a film student? You know, because it's like important for us to, you know, make sure she doesn't miss any of the of the really good classics. Um, and so we pick Dog Day Afternoon. And when you watch a film you haven't seen in a long time, especially if you're watching it with a film student, um, a young film student, you all of a sudden you're looking at it and worrying like, oh, God, is it going to? Will it have aged well? Will it have? Will it be okay? Will she be able to find anything in it that she's going to find interesting? And I got to say, it's it's fantastic. I mean, it is so good. Pacino, of course, you know, uh, John Cazale, um, amazing. I mean, it 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 was fabulous, and um, had issues in it that that are very modern you know, the, the, uh, I don't know if you remember, it's a bank robbery gone wrong. And Al Pacino plays uh, a man who is based on a true story and he's robbing the bank to help pay for his wife's um, sexual reassignment surgery. So he's uh, with a trans woman who needs to go through the process and they can't afford it. So that's why he's doing it. And that person is played by Chris Sarandon and it, it, the scene of him talking on the phone because they bring him down because it turns into a hostage situation it's all crazy so they bring you know chris sarandon there to talk to pacino and it and he's like what are you doing you know there's just it's yeah. wonderful absolutely wonderful highly recommend and um And, and it's very gritty New York. It's actually the New York that my husband grew up in, you know? So to him, it's, oh, all the garbage and the stray dogs. Yeah. I remember that, you know, the seventies, you know, (laughs) seventies, New York. So I, I highly recommend that. And then the other one that I really liked was a series called Blackbird and that's on Apple plus. And that's actually based on, uh, another true story. And it's a, a dateline or a 48 hours episode that I watched. And I, recognized when I saw the trailer I'm like, oh I know what this story is and I'm like, oh and basically Karen Egerton plays somebody who's got a big sentence for dealing drugs and in order to reduce his sentence he has to cozy up to this guy they suspect of being a serial killer and to find out information from him in order to find these missing women that he's kind of been connected to and um, and I was talking earlier about having an anchor. The guy that plays Larry, this the serial killer, um, his name is Paul Walter Hauser. And he was so creepy and so good, but in it, like he amazing. Um, and watching Taryn Egerton's face when he's trying to be in it, cause he's like a con man. He's like a charming kind of guy, you know. And so he's trying to befriend this creepy dude to get information out of him, and watching him try to like maintain the face when when this guy's saying the most icky horrible things and telling him what he's done and and he's like well you know and he kind of has this you, you got to do what you got to do kind, and I'm like oh you know so that anchored me in to watch him going through it he was under so much pressure it's good I I very much enjoyed it and um and Yeah, so I don't want to spoil any of it for you. Oh, and it was, I believe, one of the last roles for Ray Liotta. Ray wow. Liotta plays Taryn uh, Eggerson's character's father. And um, so that was, I mean, and then Greg Kinnear, who knew? Greg Kinnear would turn into wow. this, like, handsome, little graying at the temples kind of leading man really like almost a, a little like Kevin Costner or something, you know, he's got this gravitas to him. Like, when did that happen? It's Greg Kinnear. I love, I love him, you know, like Greg
0: Kinnear. So I don't know yeah. what you're talking about. I've always liked him, but I, I, I'll tell you what I love to watch movies with Taryn Egerton um, because I'm always wanting to see, cause you know, we, we loved him from, um, when he played Elton John, oopsie, I I, I advanced it too, Trayvon. You jumped so ahead. We both, we both he was really,
1: yeah, he was really great as Elton John too. But I love seeing
0: him do other things.
1: It sounds like it might be grittier
0: than I like, but you know mm-hmm. I'll give it a try. Uh, mm-hmm. So now on to my yes, my wow, um, and and I gotta say, uh, oof, Thirteen Lives. I, I I I did a post and I said Ron Howard is trying to kill me. Um, I believe that that is his goal in life. I'll tell you what, this thing is so good because it's crazy. It's based on a true story. And if you know how the true story ends, then you know, what's going to happen. And yet I, I was so grateful that I, we watched it at home because I had to get up and was running laps around the coffee table going, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't stand <laughs> it. And, and my husband was like, breathe, Shannon, breathe, because mm-hmm. He, you are there. He puts you there and he puts you there with three of the best actors that are the unsung actors. Listen to this list. Vigo Mortensen, Colin Farrell and Joel Egerton. I mean, come on. These three guys are give the master class in understated acting that gets you there and emotionally gets you to the point where you think I didn't think I was going to make it. I like had my cardiologist on speed dial, you guys. It was that level of good. I almost couldn't take it. Um, but it is so good. It is master Mm -hmm. Ron Howard. Um, I think, you know, it it's everything that he does well. When you I just would have loved to have been there in the pitch meeting about how on earth are you gonna tell this story? There's no way to do it. The only person who could do it is Ron Howard and he tells this story better. You know, he he I know from watching interviews with him he's obsessed with the Odyssey. This the you know Homer's hmm. The Odyssey, the whole thing about, okay, so a bunch of heroes get in a boat and they go someplace to conquer something. And then it all becomes about their mission to get back home alive. And if you think right. about it, that's, and, and he- Apollo, Apollo 13, right? Exactly. Apollo 13. yeah, Exactly. Mm-hmm. And he said that he approached Apollo 13 in that way. He said, you gotta be, and he cuts back and forth um, between, I also have a film student in my house. <laughs> um, right? but he cuts back and forth between being one place and being the other place. And, and that dance that you have to do because really very little is happening, but that mm-hmm. the going back and forth is the action. And, uh, it's just brilliant, you guys. Just shove all hmm. the awards at Ron Howard right now. I also <laughs> was so surprised. On my list of things I was looking forward to was The Gray Man. You wouldn't think so. You wouldn't think it's my kind of film, um, but it's Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans, and uh, Anna Diarmas um, with uh, uh, what's his name, Billy from. Oh, I didn't write down his name. Um, Billy Bob Thornton. Uh, also plays a great little role in it. And it's one of those things that I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. I really? brought into it every, I enjoyed it. There was humor. And I got to tell you when they started and I saw that Chris Evans was going to be playing the bad guy. And when I say <laughs> the bad guy, it's like, Oh my gosh, Chris Evans. I have so much respect for him as an actor. You know when they offered him Captain America, he almost turned it down because he was like, you know, I really want to be a certain kind of actor, and I respect that he is taking roles that push the envelope, and he's nailing them. He is so good in this movie; you got to see it. And okay. Ryan Gosling is the perfect sort of, you know, uh, I he doesn't he doesn't do anything; he just has the stony face, whatever. To Chris Evans, Chris Evans steals this, and and he, I laughed. I also love that it wasn't just shoot 'em up violence. Although there was significantly some shoot 'em up violence, but there was also because I used to teach theater and acting and hand to hand stage combat, and I have an appreciation. This is the best hand to hand stage combat I've ever seen in a film, and they have tons of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so love, love, love that. But then I'm saving the best for last. If you're not watching Extraordinary Attorney Woo, you know, stop what you're doing. And go watch it. I'm going to be honest that at the time of taping this, I'm literally counting down the minutes until we are done so I can, because a new episode just came out. And then the (laughs) last episode comes out tomorrow. So I'll be watching with you guys. And then I will log off so that I can go watch the last episode. It is is a K-drama. It is the number one show in Korea right now. And here's the storyline a girl with autism who is brilliant and understands legal things in a way that other people around her she's very gifted and can memorize legal things and pull them up in her mind easily she passes the bar and gets hired to work at a law firm and it is poignant it's funny the it, it is the best writing Uh, whoever is writing this should get together with Ron Howard and then everyone else should stop making movies. Okay. But um, I will tell (laughs) the autism community that it is because Korea is behind us in their process. It is played by an actress who's well-known and is not on the spectrum. And I will tell you, I think that she does a really good job, but she, you're going to be offended and upset and you're going to go, ah, because we're further along than that. I've been saying mm-hmm. to people it's kind of like when the good doctor came out here and we were just all so excited that there was a character on the spectrum and it was somebody who like could do things. we all were like, yes, please mm-hmm. um, and now if they were doing it now, Freddie Highmore would never be able to play that role mm-hmm. and and so I I, I think that that's going to happen but what this has done for autism in Korea cannot, we can't even begin to put our heads around people, everything that she has, like, she's really into whales and, and sea life. And so she has like a little whale pin that's on her purse and they've sold out of them. Nobody can get their hands on it. She, she wears certain clothes. It's all sold out. She and her best friend do this greeting when they see each other, where they say their names and they go, you know, woo to the woo to the huh. And, and everything. Pop stars are doing it. It's taken off. It's the thing in Korea this summer. Everybody's talking about it. And the message that this thing hammers down, I have learned, I think I'm a better parent for watching it. There was a scene when her father said something to her and she said something to her father. And I went, oh my gosh,
1: mm-hmm. I
0: I hadn't thought about that. Mm. And, and so it changed how I looked at things. And it is changing the way all kinds of people, because here's the other part of it is there's an amazing love story that is just Mm. pulling my heart out of my body, that the very cute guy, the cutest guy at the law firm that all the girls throw themselves for falls in love with her. Mm -hmm. And it's about how can they be together? It is killing me, (laughs) killing me. And I love it so much. But you're going to watch the first episode and you're all going to go, Oh God, why is she doing that? That's not, why didn't they hire an actually autistic actor? You're going to feel that and you're not going to be wrong. Mm -hmm. Stick with it though, because the writing is worth it. And you will fall in love with her and she will become a character that you, you know, it all makes a little bit more sense, but just know in the beginning, you're going to go, Oh no. (laughs) Um, and then she grows on you. So stick with it though. It's worth it.
1: Love it. Love, love it. it. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. So next up, oh, what I'm looking forward to. I actually just found out about this this first show the Day Shift. Uh I think on one of my um one of my Facebook groups is a kids of the San Fernando Valley because you know, I I grew up in the Valley. I love the Valley. Um and they said that this takes place like the valley's almost like another character in it and i'm like oh well now i gotta watch it and the premise of this is jamie fox and a snoop Doggy dog are vampire hunters um because there's a big vampire problem (laughs) in the valley in the valley you know so i'm like i'm down for that that sounds fabulous and uh so that's that's one that is on my list she hulk is the new marvel one that's going to be coming out and that has uh Tatiana Masenly. she was in um orphan black which she if you haven't seen orphan black find it i think it's on amazon or netflix or someplace out there hulu great show orphan and she played in orphan black she played um clones multiple different clones so she was in you know and and each one was so distinct and like, you just knew right away. You even knew when one of them was pretending to be the other one, you know, I mean, it was, she was amazing. So I can't wait to see what she does with that. And they've had a cute advertising campaign. I see like bus ads for attorneys, but it's for her. Cause she's a, she's an attorney the she Hulk is an attorney. So that's cute. And then the, the, the other one I want to see is I love my dad and the premise of this is that Patton Oswalt plays the father to this young guy. And I think it actually did happen to this young guy where his father friended him on, on social media pretending to be a, a girl. Oh. And it was basically wanting to get closer to his son. Oh. And P- Patton Oswalt said he wasn't sure until he saw it with an audience whether or not it was gonna work. Cause it is kind of horrible, you yeah. know? but I liked that. I like, like, take me to the the edge of something and if you can if you can pull it off I'm like wow that'll be great so that I'm curious to see can they pull it off will I still like him at the end of the movie do I need to maybe I don't you know but it just it it kind of looked like an interesting uh interesting thing interesting premise so those are my look I want to watch that I Mm -hmm.
0: I, I'm not sure, but I'm not a big Marvel person, but um, Mm -hmm. but I definitely will want to check out the others. I little known fact, actually, when I was when I used to do stand up, I once opened for Patton Oswalt before he was big and famous. Oh, Um, we love him. Oh, and he was amazing. He was absolutely Mm -hmm. amazing and a sweet person. I it won't let me do it, Traven. So I don't know how if you can do it to get to the next one. It won't let me. I don't know why. Um, But for my looking forward to, I'm looking forward to Bullet Train, which seems wrong. Seems wrong, but I, you know, it's, and it's one of those movies. I don't know. When I was a kid, I loved those movies. Like it's a mad, mad, mad world where it had all these stars and they were going on a journey. Or I don't, what's the one where they're all in the race um to get? No, oh, The Great I, Race. The Great yeah. Race. I love those <laughs> kinds of movies. So I, I'm, this is what this looks like to me. And it's Brad Pitt, and I don't mind looking at Brad Pitt. Um, you know, I, and sometimes I, you know, he does some really good acting and sometimes he's just good to look at. I just, I'm just <laughs> saying, I'm keeping it real. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. But of course my whole family, this is also odd to me. We're looking forward to House of the Dragon. Little known fact, we had not watched a single episode, nothing, not a soup song of anything of Game of Thrones oh. un, until the pandemic. And we were like, <laughs> well, let's catch up on some things And so we, the first summer of the pandemic, we binged from one thing to the other, the entire series. I don't know how all of you watched it when it wasn't binging, because I couldn't have made it when there was two and three years between things. We, and you know, now we've watched all these things that we had not seen like Breaking Bad and of course Better Call Saul and all mm-hmm. those things and The Sopranos, we'd never seen The Sopranos either. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we're really excited to watch House of Dragon, but we're, we're having this big discussion about, do we wait until all the episodes are out and binge them? Or do we, you know, to us, it sort of feels like, you know, watching it with the peasantry that you have to watch it and wait. Like, how do you yeah. people put up with that? Feels wrong to me.
1: Yeah, well, and you know, it's funny, when I saw that this was on your looking forward to, it, I'm like, oh, I should have put that because I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan. And yes, it was it was painful to like when the episode was over and the credits would roll, we'd all be like, no, you know, yeah. we have to wait another week, you know, and it was uh, what it what an experience. Or you know, a year,
0: was a or, a year, year. Yeah. or a year, or two mm-hmm. years, for heaven's mm-hmm. sake, I
1: couldn't, I yeah. could not have done it. Um yeah.
0: So anyway, that's, that is what I am looking forward to. And we're just almost exactly out of time. So Moira, this was so much fun. <laughs> I'm going to go directly from this to watching Extraordinary Attorney Wu. Uh, well, that's that's on my I'm list now.
1: That's on my list. Uh, yeah. now for and sure. you're going to
0: hate the first, I guarantee you, because uh, an autism mom recommended to me and said, oh my gosh, Shannon, you're just going to lose your mind. And it's time intensive because, you know, I keep forgetting I don't speak Korean. So I'll be watching and I'll get up and t- to go do something in the kitchen. And then I, I get to the kitchen. And I go, what am I thinking? I don't, well, I'm, listening. <laughs> I'm listening. And I was like, why am I not understanding? All right. I don't speak Korean. Um, it's so funny that I forget that, but um, it's so good. It's so good. It's just redonkulously good. I'm, well, I'm I have to say
1: like that, you know, with, with representation and all that that we've talked about yeah. one of the things that I thought was great was um Kobe really reminded me a lot of my son, you know, at least the character of Rufus, you know. Yeah. And I I loved that cuz normally it's like, you know, the genius, which there are geniuses, absolutely, but it's kind of nice to let's see this gentle soul that's so sweet and you know, and yeah. that's you know, so I love that. So yeah. yeah, well, I'll give it a try. I'll give it a well, try. Well, and it and try. it really is
0: changing the way autism is viewed in Korea, which that's a wonderful everybody thing. was like, that could not happen because Korea mm-hmm. has been a little bit behind and it's kind of stigmatized, and it is putting a it's it's made it cool in Korea. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that it's something to be included in Korea. Mm -hmm. So it's difficult, you guys, because some of the things that get said in the show, you go, I don't know if I can breathe. Mm. Um, Mm. You know, because people say things and do things in the show. But I'm telling you, the writing is like the best thing that there is. Um, so there you go awesome. all right we're out of time uh, all right but uh, we'll be back next month in September we'll make sure that we post the date of when we're gonna do September show um, but I will be back with you guys tomorrow we're replaying a stories from the spectrum but I'll be back with you guys live on Monday we've got new topics that we're covering on Monday but definitely check out taCA now.org to find out more about that conference that Moira was talking about and if you guys have questions or requests of things that you would like us to watch, you can always Ooh, write yeah. uh, directly to me, Shannon at autism live.com. And I'm sure that we would love to hear requests, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. It's all on the table. Yeah. Uh, Trayvon, sure. I know wants us to, wants me to watch RRR and it is on my list. Uh, oh, I don't know that one. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a Bollywood film. So and, I love and both, Bollywood and both Traven and my son, my film student have come to me and said, you got to watch this. This is the most amazing thing ever. So that tells all me right. I, I have to at least watch it. So anyway, all, all right. right, well, uh, <laughs> give your kiddos a hug for me and one for you too. We'll be back uh, tomorrow with stories from the spectrum. Bye-bye for now.
1: Bye. <laughs>